I'm Jay Pitts, a real estate broker, agent, leader, and investor. For the last decade, I've navigated the craziest of real estate markets this country has ever seen, selling over 2,000 homes, moving in and out of markets, always ahead of the curve. And now I'm bringing that perspective to you. This is your resource, and Real Talk About Real Estate starts right now. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Resource Real Talk About Real Estate. I'm Gabe Pruitt. And I'm Jay Pitts. And we are in the studio again this week to revisit a topic that uh, that comes up more often than, than we think, honestly. But if you remember back to our very first episode, if you go back and scroll, scroll, scroll and look for it, it was called the Z word. Uh, and we're talking about the Z word again today, Jay. Yeah. You know, I, at, at the risk of people thinking that our entire podcast is about Zillow. <laughs> we we bring you another episode. No, no, I I it's just a hot button topic, man. You know, we try to make this podcast about trends and industry news and the moving the movings and shakings of real estate. Well, why don't you tell our listeners what makes this Zillow episode different? Well, what makes it different than our last one is that we're going to get it straight from the resource. Mm-hmm. Okay. And and I by that I mean touche, right? Yeah. By that I mean we have a a senior level, I don't know if executive is the right term, but a single uh, senior level uh, employee at Zillow Group himself. Uh, Mr. Jay Thompson will be joining us as our guest today. Jay is the director of industry outreach. D- Director of Industry Outreach. I can't talk today, man. <laughs> Industry Outreach for Zillow Group, which basically means that he is the conduit between Zillow and the real estate industry. Um, and he's a bit of a lightning rod, man. Like, this guy receives more flack than any Some human of our listeners should. may have seen him in action on, oh, uh, on Facebook and other social media. I guarantee it, man. He's all over those Facebook groups. Which, by the way, has the Facebook group become like the seedy chat room of like the early two oh, thousands. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like the Facebook group is like a thing mm-hmm. these days. And I, I mean, I should know I'm a member of a hundred of them probably. But <laughs> I mean, basically, um, you know, Jay, I think on behalf of Zillow really kind of just has to go to bat, has to go to bat for them. And, and he is not afraid to call BS on, you know, agents, uh, industry people that, you know, just basically put put out there things that he believes to be just factually incorrect. Well, Jay was a successful agent and broker too. Like that's yeah, an abso- important thing abso- to remember. That's absolutely, probably how he landed that job. Well, and, and and I agree, and I think I think he's got some thick skin, and I I don't know if you know I, I know Zillow was probably very fortunate to find him because in my in my opinion as an outsider looking in, he's done a phenomenal job representing them and their interest in the marketplace, but. You know, who knows if they knew that he had that thick skin. I mean, I, I, I mean, anybody that makes a good hire would like to take credit for it after the fact. Sure. They, they knew what it would become. Um, and I can tell you from experience that that's just not the case. You know, you make good <laughs> hires and they turn out to be phenomenal hires and you, you seem almost clairvoyant. But Jay's got this thing. He's just got something. Well, and it's he's got a really important job too because you and I both know especially well how many mixed opinions there are out there about Zillow. So I'm really excited to have him on the show today to talk not only about 
how he feels about some of the things he hears about Zillow. But more importantly, like you said, get it straight from the horse's mouth and hear what Zillow has to say in response and let them finally, through Jay, get a, a chance to voice their side of the story. So I think that'll be a really exciting conversation. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, and I'm sure I'm going to get some flack over this, certainly after the last episode. And I Send probably, us your flack. I, I want it. <laughs> I probably shouldn't say this, right? And I'm not going to name names, although I should. I should probably name names. No, I, I'm not going to name names, but I got a lot of emails, man, after the first, the, the original Z word yeah. episode that, that was our inaugural resource episode. Uh, I got some emails, man. People didn't like the fact that I seem to be a proponent. I tried to be very impartial, and but I'm not going to hide the fact that I'm an advertiser and that we derive some great success from it. So, you know, it's one of those things. Um, it, it comes with the territory, and yeah. and so if I if I hear from you, I, I'd love to hear from you. I value if it's respectful, which all of those weren't. Um, if it's respectful, then I certainly value the feedback, but you know, I want to hear it either way. And if it's disrespectful, what the heck? Send it anyway. Send it anyway. We don't care. We want to see it. Well, it's not going to make me sweat. Yeah. Without further ado, let's go ahead and give Jay a call and see what he has to say. We'll be right back after the break. And when we come back, we'll have Jay Thompson, director of industry outreach at Zillow. Stay with us. And we're back, folks. Thanks for joining us. This is Jay Pitts again with Gabe Pruitt here at Resource Real Talk about real estate. And we've got a very, very special guest with us today, and we touched on it a bit before the break. With us is Jay Thompson, Director of Industry Outreach at Zillow Group. Jay, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. So for those of you that don't know Jay, he, again, is Director of Industry Outreach uh, at Zillow. Basically, what you may not know if you haven't encountered him online and in forums is that Jay was the co-owner and designated broker for Thompson Realty in Phoenix. So he had a career in real estate prior to working for Zillow. Jay is also a frequent speaker at local and national and regional real estate conferences all over the country, ranging in topics from brokerage management to social media marketing and you know, most often I think kind of finds himself as the defender of Zillow Group's honor in chat rooms and forums at, uh, you know, in various places online. Jay, man, it's so, I'm so happy to have you with us today because, you know, in our relatively new show, Gabe, what are we, how many episodes? This is our 22nd episode. 22nd, 22 episodes. Um, our conversations, Jay, have, have kind of, um, been all across the spectrum from, you know, technology to, you know, societal concerns to, you know, where the market's moving to kind of forecasting and that kind of thing. And Zillow has been a, a real trend for us. It's been, it's been a hot button topic where we've gotten a lot of feedback and I know you understand, but I'm really excited to have you in on the show today to speak to our listeners about the role that Zillow plays in the real estate space. Um, and, and I guess, my first question, maybe, for our listeners that don't know you, is just give me a brief overview. What is a day in the life of you know someone like yourself who does industry outreach for, for a large corporation in the real estate space? What does that look like? Sure. Um, it, well, first of all, every day is different. But there's, there's some, certainly some commonalities. Um, I, I serve two primary functions at Zillow. One is what you just mentioned. I'm 
I'm in the social space. I'm looking for mentions of Zillow. I'm trying to, you know, correct the facts and things like that. And that's kind of the external between Zillow and the real estate community part of my job. And then internally within Zillow, um, we have about 3,100 employees. The vast majority of them are um, sales reps and developers and coders and technologists and economists and things like that that really don't have a whole lot of direct real estate experience. So a big part of my job is helping Zillow employees internally understand what it is that brokers and agents need, how they think, you know, what, what our products can and can't do for them, just to try to give Zillow employees a better idea of the, a day in the life of a real estate agent so that we can develop better products for them. So clearly the, the visible side to most people of what I do is, is responding and, and communicating and working inside uh, the social space, primarily in Facebook groups, but there's also things like blogs and mainstream media articles that have comment sections and things like that. And so I go in the morning and I start scrolling through my Facebook groups that I belong to. I belong to about 120 real estate related Facebook groups. Oh gosh. And you're I, still here. I have, you're still breathing. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I have jokingly say that I monitor 120 groups, which is about 119 too many, but um, <laughs> it, it is what it is. And they're out there. Now, some of those, you know, to be fair, uh, a lot of that 120 are very uh, low level in, you know, pretty inactive groups. But right. as you know, there's, there's some that have 50 to 70,000 real estate agents yeah. and get, I don't know, hundreds of posts a day. Clear, not all about Zillow, but just they're very right. active um, groups. So, you know, out of the 120 that I monitor, probably 20 of them are, there's almost something every day, not necessarily about Zillow, but there's some kind of activity within the group. Wow. Yeah. That makes sense. I, yeah. I, no, absolutely, man. And I've, you know, I've, I've attempted to, to, uh, you know, come in, drop in on behalf of, of both you and Zillow group at times to impart, you know, factual information in the face of kind of broad based generalizing. But, you know, at the, mm-hmm. sa- at the same time, it, you know, I get exhausted, man, I get exhausted me and, and, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm looking at one post or one thread every few months and just can't help myself but engaging. But most of the times I, I pass. I, I do the smart thing from, from my own chair as I stay away. And I let, and I let <laughs> the professional, I let, I, let, I let Jay the professional take, take up arms if he has to. But no, man, so, so I, that's interesting, you know, because I hadn't really thought about it. I've actually, and I've said on the show before, I've actually toured your all's um, headquarters in Seattle. And love, mm-hmm. the, love the workspace, gorgeous place. Um, a, a big thing that I was, I was very impressed with was just the thirst for knowledge and the, and the questions that I was asked. I, I toured with a group of real estate agents and brokers that are, you know, top producing agents from around the country and, and questions that I received from staff members and people that we were in breakout sessions with and groups and, you know, just even throughout the tour of the space, yep. uh, I, I was very impressed with the thirst for knowledge that the, that the employees at Zillow had and it's interesting to hear that, you know, as part of your job, industry outreach is to provide credible knowledge to Zillow as a whole as to what brokers mm-hmm. are looking for. Because in the end, you guys provide, you know, a free service to consumers that also yep. 
is a paid marketing service or a but a support service nonetheless to real estate agents and brokers. Exactly. So, exactly. Now we do we do offer a bunch of free things for real estate agents true. too. But cl- clearly our bread and butter and the way we generate about 70% of our revenue is from selling advertising to real estate agents. So sure. that's our that's the big chunk of our revenue. So, and customers. So I I've got a question. I, you know, being a real estate guy and and now seeing the other side of it and and doing the work that you do at Zillow, it, it's a it's a a statement that I think is interesting in the way that it's put and and I think it's a piece of terminology that has been adopted and I'm wondering what your reaction. Maybe this is just kind of, Gabe this is maybe may just be like a word association like we've done before. We'll see. What do you think mm-hmm. about the term buying leads? Um, you know, that's a really good question. And I have, even as an agent and as a broker myself, I had just a, I guess for lack of a better word, a philosophical problem with the word lead. These are people, these are human beings. Right. Um, and to me, treating them or calling them a lead, treating them like it, it just, I, it, I'm afraid that it takes away. And I think people forget sometimes that they're humans on the other end of the phone or the email. And and they have questions and they need help and that's that's a prime opportunity for a real estate agent or broker. You got somebody on the phone that's that's you know inquiring about real estate. Um, as as you and all your listeners know, I'm sure a real estate a real estate transaction is super complicated and we get it because you know you guys deal with buyers and sellers and contracts every day. But I, I can't remember what the latest stat is. The average person buys a new home, something, depending on whose numbers, it's like every eight to 12 years. So the consumer doesn't get the real estate industry. Um, and so we're here to help them. So to call people leads, I just, I, I think it depersonalizes it. But the problem is, I, I don't really know what else to call them. Um, right. We use We use words like prospects and contacts. Right. Because I don't know, it just seems to have a little more personal touch to it you know i just i've always even long before zillow just kind of thought that lead word is just kind of it's almost treating them like an object instead of a person it's better for metrics than it is for talking about people yeah absolutely i mean real estate's a super super personal business you got to personalize it as much as you can so if you start off the relationship with thinking of somebody not as a person but as a potential check then it just I, I don't think that's the right way to do it yeah no I, I i and i think it's it's even they're even further marginalized when you say when you act as though they may be purchased <laughs> and so <laughs> right so so you know i've always had a, tr- a trouble with with that those the combination of those two words put together buying leads and i i think it's unfair i think it's an unfair characterization that agents that use zillow and zillow's competitors and zillow and its competitors themselves are saddled with by people who don't believe in that way to do business. Um, right. You know, yep. I coach and train. You know, I'm a broker owner of a, a, a brokerage here in Louisville, Kentucky, and I have a, a sales team. And I I coach and train a lot of brand new to the industry agents, and I tell them that they have two jobs when they get in the business. Those two jobs are very simple. They are increasing their size of their sphere of influence. Okay, while simultaneously yep. increasing engagement among that ever so large, ever larger sphere. Right. And, and literally two jobs. So, so you can, you can increase the size of that sphere of influence in a number of ways. You can door knock, you can do direct mail, you can, you know, pay for advertising with a company like Zillow. You can hold open houses, you can throw parties. I mean, you can do a lot of different things, but a, a mentor of mine told me there's no bad way to generate 
a lead, <laughs> uh, a prospect, right. uh, what have you. So um, I appreciate your opinion in that respect, Jay. So I, I've got an inter- I, I, what I think is an interesting question. I hope it is. I'd like to hear your opinion on what you think the single largest misconception about oh, Zillow yeah. is what, uh, amongst agents, I, I should say. It's, it's actually it's a couple of things, although they're kind of related. Um, there is a, a lot of people that think two things, basically. Either we want to eliminate agents or that we want to become a brokerage. And clearly, you can't do both because if you become a brokerage, you clearly aren't wanting to eliminate agents. Otherwise, you wouldn't have a brokerage. Um, and it, it, the one that drives me craziest, to be perfectly honest, is when people say we want to, re- we want to eliminate real estate agents. Okay. Real estate agents, real estate agents are our customers. Again, 70% <laughs> of our revenue, and the revenue this year for Zillow is going to be real close to a billion dollars for 2017. So what's 70% of that? $700 million. Why in the world would we want to eliminate our customers? <laughs> I mean, yeah. and, and some of the line I use a lot in the social space when people say that is, give me one, the name of one business, any business in the history of the planet that's been successful with a strategy of eliminating their customers. Right. And the only one that people can come up with is tobacco companies, which is kind of <laughs> funny, but... A little um, morbid, but yeah. <laughs> but, you know, but no business sets out to... I mean, it would be like, it'd be like a group of agents sitting around going... How can we eliminate buyers and sellers? It just doesn't make any sense. Um, and you know, to the other side of that, to to wanting to become brokerage, that's been since the day Zillow launched. People thought they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna become a brokerage. Well, there's a couple things to think about that way. First of all, we don't brokering real estate is not our expertise. Our expertise is building apps and websites and building an audience and connecting that audience to real estate professionals. That's what we know how to do. There are probably, there's a handful of people, including myself, out of these 3,000 employees that, that have a real estate license. Right. Um, so we, we, we don't know how to broker real estate. We don't want to learn how to broker real estate. Um, could we become a brokerage? Well, sure. It's not really that hard, right? You fill out some forms and you find a broker in a state that will hang their license under your entity and, and you're a broker. Um, you could literally write a bunch of checks and fill out a bunch of forms and we could have been a brokerage. We, we launched 12 years ago. We could have been a brokerage 11 and a half years ago. Right. We just, that we don't want to do that. And the, the argument I hear a lot of times is people say, well, brokers make more money than, than advertising companies. Uh, I was a broker, um, and you know, there's, there's that old real estate joke that the, the biggest part of the word broker is broke. Yeah. Um, and that's not to mean that, I mean, clearly brokerages can be very successful, but what I think a lot of people don't understand is real estate, the real estate community, the real estate industry spends, again, it depends on whose numbers you listen to, but somewhere in the order of $12 billion a year on advertising. So that is an awful big market. And we've got about, the last I heard, we have about 4 or 5% share of advertising spend. So we have miles and miles and miles of room to grow by selling advertising. Now, we have, we have no thought or conception at all that we are going to capture 100% of the real estate advertising market. That's not realistic. But the point is, the argument, well, you have to become a brokerage 
to generate more revenue, to make the shareholders happy. That's just not true because there is a ton of money involved in exchanging hands every day in the advertising space. And that's sure. ultimately what we are. We're a media company that sells advertising. So, you know, I've, I've always found it interesting, Jay, um, and we've talked about it briefly uh, on this show, but I, I've, I've argued that real estate advertising, marketing, expenses um, deserve their percentage of a commission dollar. And and what I mean by that is not obviously not directly right. Like I'm not closing right, deals. Right. I'm not closing deals it's and sending and sending Zillow yeah. a five percent cut. Right. But in order right. to for me to, I mean, I'm in business. I do marketing. It takes marketing right. spend to create revenue. And if Zillow is a line yeah. item on my marketing budget, then Zillow is in a, in essence, even if indirectly, getting a piece of each one of my commissions. So mm-hmm. if if Zillow can if Zillow can effectively deliver opportunities or prospects as we discussed before to real estate brokers like myself who aim to close them to earn commission dollars. Um, why would they need to own a real estate brokerage? Why would exactly. they, why would they need to, they're already earmarked in the, you know, to the tune of 700 million a year into the marketing budgets of successful real estate brokers and agents all across the country. So what, you know, you don't, you just you don't. If you already got the juice, you don't have to squeeze, right? You you, you follow where I'm exactly. going there. Okay, so anyway, yeah, that's totally. that, that's kind of totally. that's kind of my. It sounds like it sounds like your defense. I hope maybe I give you some ammunition there, man. You want to quote me on that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You've got all the and tools, the man. Point, I've seen it. <laughs> another point is there's roughly eighty five thousand brokerages in the United States. Does it really matter if there's eighty five thousand and one? Um, you know what I'm saying? If, you know, some people act like, oh my gosh, Zillow is going to become a real estate brokerage. And, and I'm like, well, honestly, so what if we did with just another brokerage at that point? Yeah. Uh, it just, it just doesn't, it just doesn't jive. Well, the people that worry about the people that worry about that aren't giving you their money for advertising anyway. So that would be of zero consequence to them, <laughs> but that's neither here yeah. nor there. Well, while we're on the topic, Jay, I want to get your take on this. Like while we're talking about some people's common complaints against Zillow, another one that I see online a lot uh, are people saying that because of how big Zillow is, they, they're they almost culpable or responsible for giving buyers especially, or sellers, I should say, uh, the wrong expectations about especially, and I'm sure you've heard this you know, day in and day out, how much their home is worth with the Zestimate and that sort yep. of thing. Yep. What, what's your take on how much responsibility Zillow has to create the correct expectations for the people that visit their site? Well, I think we do have responsibility for that. Absolutely. The, we there's a we have a saying internally at Zillow that the consumer is our North Star. And a lot of times agents will go, whoa, whoa, whoa. So you mean the most important focus of your company is the consumer? And I'm like, yeah, it really is. And then they go, but I'm the one that writes you a check. I should be the one that you're focusing on. And it's not that we don't focus on agents. Obviously, we do. Sure. But the bottom line is, without a consumer audience, you have no advertising to sell to, right? right? Nobody's going to buy advertising if there's no consumers there. <laughs> What's the point? So we, we spend tremendous resources building um, a, a good user interface that consumers like, um, providing them with the information that they want. We survey and do focus groups with consumers and agents and brokers all the time. So we're constantly asking them and polling them what is it that you're looking for? What kind of information is missing from the site? What is on the site that you don't really care about that we can get rid of? Um, 
So we, we put a lot of effort into the consumer. And because of that, sure, we have, we do have responsibility to that consumer audience to help them understand what it is that they're seeing on Zillow. Sure. And the Zestimate, it comes up all the time and it's come up since 2006 when Zillow launched. Um, and there's a couple of key things to remember about it. First, it's called a Zestimate for a reason. <laughs> it's not called a Zappraisal or a sales price. <laughs> it's, an estimate, putting a Z in front of the estimate to brand the word, so to speak, doesn't change the fact that it's an estimate. Sure. And estimates, by the estimates by their very nature, aren't necessarily 100% accurate. Um, we have links on every listing. You can hover over this estimate. There's a little uh, pop-up information box. You know, it'll come up and say, and I, I won't get it exactly right, but it will say things like, you know, this estimate is considered a starting point. It's not. Uh, a replacement for an appraisal or the opinion of value of a real estate professional. We, um, on at the bottom in the footer of every page on Zillow, there's a link that just says estimate. And if you click that, there's pages and pages, pages of information about how those estimates calculated, what it is, what it isn't. We, we publish our accuracy data down to the county level. We're not trying to hide anything. And the simple fact is, there are some markets where the estimate is uncannily accurate, and there's other markets where it's not as good. And a lot of that depends on the amount of public information, public data that we can get. Um, a lot of it depends on the neighborhoods themselves. I lived in Phoenix, for example, which is mostly miles and miles and miles of tract homes, right? You get these subdivisions with a thousand homes in them that have seven or eight different floor plans. In in those situations, we can we the the estimate is almost scarily accurate. Yeah, you can pretty much pinpoint. Um, yeah, yeah. Now, when you go, I live in Seattle, and Seattle. I was just moments ago walking through the neighborhood around my house, and I'm walking through a neighborhood that has houses built in the 1910s sitting right next to homes that have been torn down, and you've got all these you know modern glass and steel fancy looking houses, uh, literally right next to each other. Um, that's a very difficult type of thing to, to it's, a, it's hard for an agent to comp those homes and get a price. And if it's hard for an agent to get to price a home, it's going to be even harder for an algorithm to do it. And then other things come into play too, like golf course homes and homes with a view, uh, things like that. And there's those just, and I tell people I was an agent and there were places where I could go in and I could run comps and I could go, you know what I am. 95% confidence I'm within hundreds of dollars of what this home will sell for. And I'll be honest, some agents won't admit this, but I think it's happened to everybody where you start to run comps and you're trying to come up with a value for a home and you just go, wow, I, this one's tough. I really yeah. don't know how to get close to this one. Well, the, the algorithm, the estimate algorithm has the same problems and, and maybe even more. We can't see inside the house. We don't know what it smells like. We don't know if the neighbor across the street has a 57 Chevy up in blocks on his driveway, or if the other guy across the street's painted his house purple with polka dots, an algorithm can't see the things that a human being can see. And so this estimate will never be a hundred percent accurate. Overall, if you look at all of those estimates in the country, I believe our median error rate is like 4.3%, which really isn't bad. If no. you think about what we're trying to do, trying to use a computer formula to value every home in the country, and if you get that within 4%, that's not bad. Now, again, there'll no. be some markets and neighborhoods where the accuracy is closer to 1% or 
And there's going to be some where it's off by 5, 10, even 20% sometimes. Well, and, and you probably but, know this about Jay and I, but I mean, we're of the mind that, you know, the more wrong this estimate is almost the better because it's just an opportunity for agents to create a degree of separation and prove to their clients that they're a real local expert. So you saw this absolutely. on Zillow, but you know, I can tell you that the property's yeah. worth this. So it's, I don't think it's as big as a concern as a lot of agents make it out to be. It was more. I don't think question. it should be either. And you know, and I've had I had clients when I was an agent that are you know they're the nerdy engineering types that put everything on a spreadsheet. Yeah. And I've had clients tell me, you know, but Zillow says the home is worth this. And it t- to me, honestly, as an agent, it was a it was a two minute conversation. I said, well, let's look at Zillow's data accuracy that they publish right on their site. Um, and with the nerdy engineering types, they kind of scratch their head and go, oh, wow, I, I missed that. I didn't see that. Um, and just like you said, it's a way, it's a great way for an agent to, to help demonstrate the value to a consumer. I've talked to lots and lots of agents that have told me, please don't make this estimate any more accurate. Yeah, that's us. <laughs> they, they want that as a, as a lever. Well, I mean, it, it it's a... It's it's one of two things, right? It's it's higher than they expected, and that is an incentive to request validation. Or it's a yep. pa- it's a pain point that they want to validate yep. is not accurate. And either way, yep. Zillow does the job that I want them to do, which is to create a conversation. Both whether it and that's it. That's it. That's it. That's all. I mean, that's I mean, what. That's why I pay you guys. Like I pay you guys goal, to our, help me generate conversations. Yeah, and our biggest goal. I mean, we're we're a for profit company. That's not a secret. It's not anything to be ashamed of. We want the way we make money is by connecting consumers to real estate agents and helping get those conversations started. And it's we're not going to go in and we're not going to tank this estimate, you know, on purpose to help generate those conversations. We don't need to do that because no, it's just a to. conversation point anyway. Consumers, I think, like this estimate and are attracted to it because it can give them at least a rough idea of what their home is worth without having to contact an agent, have the agent come over and try to give them a sales pitch. And not that agents shouldn't do that, but Agents really need to put that consumer hat on sometimes and think about, you know what, if I'm a consumer and I just want a rough idea what my house is worth and I don't want to bother a real estate agent, I don't want to get stuck on some drip email campaign for the next five years and have this right. person calling me trying to, I just want to get an idea, rough idea what my home is worth. And that gets consumers onto the website. And what we know from our studies and our stats, even that type of consumer that's just looking for a basic value of their home they start poking around on the site. They start looking at other houses. They stalk their boss, you know, to figure out what their boss's home is worth. <laughs> and, you know, and some people go, well, those aren't consumers. Well, they can certainly turn into consumers. As people cruise through Zillow and start looking at housing, and I've talked to consumers, and, and I've had people tell me, you know, we just went to look at our value of our house, and then we started poking around, and this home popped up, and my wife goes, I want that house. <laughs> and they yeah. And they start thinking that way. But, you know, keep in mind that our goal is to connect the consumer to the real estate agent. What happens after that is kind of out of our control. We do provide a lot of training and and advice and and even some tools to try to make that connection, uh, to help help develop and grow that connection. But fundamentally, it's it's the agent's responsibility once they get that connection to, to, uh, to make that contact with the consumer and start building that relationship. 
Well, a couple of things I, I heard there, Jay, and I, I really appreciate it because, and I'll disclaim, I'm about I'm about to quote some statistics that I can't substantiate. I don't remember where they came from. I <laughs> oh, was good. told or read them one at one point at some point in time, but I believe the prevailing sentiment to be true. So, number one, I believe that the majority of consumers transact real estate at the time that is best for them, but when the timing is best for them with the first agent they have a meaningful conversation with. 100%. I believe that. Okay, that that's yep. number 1. Um and and really all Zillow is trying to do is help connect qualified agents, right, with those people at the appropriate time in a way such that the agent may have a hard time identifying the pro- the appropriate timing to approach that person. So that's mm-hmm. number one. Number two, to agents, I would say, that don't like Zillow, that, that complain about Zillow being a for-profit company, I would say that the majority of agents can make selling 30 homes in almost any market in this country in one single year can make a decent living. Okay? Mm-hmm. And yeah. for, to those agents that hate Zillow, I would tell you, pick up the phone and call your sphere of influence and your past clients. Talk to the people you know. Put yourself out there in other ways, and then you won't need Zillow to make a living, and that's totally fine. And leave Zillow to people like me who want to have hockey stick growth, okay, that want to add people to my sphere of influence and want to train and motivate and mentor new agents to the industry and grow in a big way because it's an effective means to do so. Those those are the things. And I I, I frankly have heard, and I didn't quote the second stat, but that 99% of agents don't actually call, pick up the phone and call their past clients each year. 99% it's something huge. It's a, it's a huge number. And there's lots of, NAR does a lot of surveys. We do a lot of surveys. And that's a really interesting point because what you'll find in these surveys is something, some huge number, like 85% of people say, I would use my last agent. Mm, yeah. But they forget, they don't know how to get a hold of them because when they bought a home from, from Jay Pitts, um, they never heard from Jay Pitts again, you know? No, and I agree. So they're looking to sell the home seven years later, and they're like, what was that guy's name? I, I can't remember. Know. Is he they, even they, still in they, the business? I can't remember. Um, so if they're willing to use their previous agent, but they're not, then that falls back to the agent for failure to keep that contact and that relationship going. So so That's then so then they find me really I'm not the guy that doesn't call I promise Jay uh, but no I know that. <laughs> what 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 happens here's what happens they don't call so their client ends up on Zillow he gets a hold of me and I sell him a house that's what happened and that's why they exactly. hate that's why they hate Zillow and they hate me for advertising on Zillow because you just stole their client yeah stole I'm, I'm air quotes air quotes stole. Stole. Yeah. can't see but. But um, and, and you didn't. You reached out to them when when they were ready, and the exactly. guy that or gal that sold them the home seven years ago didn't. Yeah, I I totally so, agree. Okay, so Jay, got one you. one more question for you, buddy. One more question, and and I have sure. I have expressed what I have heard, and I've never heard it from the horse's mouth. And maybe you can speak to this, and if you can't, that's totally fine. And I'm perfectly happy going on the record with my opinion. But um, is it Zillow's? Um, is it Zillow's? Let me see how I can put this intention to increase or decrease the number of advertisers that it works with over, you know, over the next few years. I mean, and if that's something yeah. you can't speak to, I totally understand that. Um, but I'm just yeah, curious can, can, how market-based pricing falls into that. I, I can speak to it a little bit for sure. Um, 
we we first of all we know that we are there's what there's 1.2 million realtors and then there's probably another billion licensees that aren't part of the NER, so they're not realtors. So call it two million people that can that are licensed to sell homes. We will never sell advertising to two million people. And to be frank, we don't want to sell advertising to two million people. Um, it, it's I, I hope nobody takes this the wrong way, but there are some agents out of that two million that just to be frank aren't very good agents. Mm-hmm. Or they're the type of agent, you know, they got their license to 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 buy their own home and, and, you know, maybe sell one or two homes a year. And that's totally fine. There is nothing wrong with that. But that kind of agent is not going to have the tools and systems in place to handle the volume of contacts coming in. Yeah. They, first of all, they don't want them. That's just not their model. They want, hey, I want to sell four homes a year. I'm going to sell one to dad and I'm going to sell one to my sister and I'm going to sell one to my car mechanic that I know for 10 years and they're done. And that's cool. So we will never sell advertising to people like that. Um, we have said in our last several quarterly reports and conference calls during quarterly reports that we do. Um, I don't want to say, I don't want, I hate to use the word focused on teams, but the teams of real estate are, are a big, um, Got targets the wrong word. You see, I have to think of every word I say because someone's going to go out there and say, Jay Thompson said agents are targets. This is a good place to workshop uh, it, though. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> but we do tend to focus on uh, high performing agents and high performing teams because those are the people that do tend to have the systems in place to reach out and make contact quickly with these people and to help them. Um, clearly, I, at least I think it's clear. The more successful Zillow advertising agents are, then the more successful Zillow is. And that's why, you know, I'll, I'll throw something out real quick. We acquired Dot Loop, the transaction management company, what I guess a year and a half or two, I don't know, whatever it was, a while back. And there's a big brouhaha. Oh, Zillow's buying Dot Loop so they can get, you know, data off of contracts and, and start mining our clients. No, the reason we acquired Dot Loop is because Dot Loop makes killer software. It makes agents more efficient. And then people look at me and go, why do you care if agents are more efficient? Well, we care if agents are more efficient because more efficient agents sell more homes. And when they sell more homes, they make more money. And when they make more money, guess what? They buy more advertising, which is what we sell. So yeah. that's why we buy tools like Dotloop. We, we love to help make agents more efficient. And it's somewhat self-serving. Sure. Because efficient agents again make more money and buy more advertising. Well, once again, I mean, you you don't have to apologize for being a for profit company. I'm about to say, no one expects you to be. Well, I guess some people expect Zillow to be a charity, but that doesn't make a lot of sense. Some so. do, um, but yeah, I mean, so there's that. Well, it's Jay, a fascinating business. It, it really is, man, and I think you you provide our listeners some some very interesting insights and. You know, man, that's that's about that's about all we have for today, buddy. I, I really do appreciate your time. Um, I think our listeners will be fascinated to hear uh, hear it from the horse's mouth, so to speak. And you know, like I said, Zillow's been a, a trend for our listeners. They've they've heard my take on it, and you know, I, I vowed when we we launched our inaugural episode it was actually called the Z word. You ought to check it out, Jay. Um, <laughs> I will check it out. The Z, the Z word, Gabe. I'll, I'll give Gabe the credit for that. Oh, thank it you. Was, thank you. Quite clever wording, but um, you know, I got emails from agents in my market, like lambasting me for my support of Zillow after that episode, and 
You know, I mean, I, I well, you did take a pretty heavy hand against those agents in the episode. I, so. <laughs> I, I kind of did. I, I'm, I'm one of these guys, Jay, and I know you know me a, a little uh, prior to the episode today, but um, I'm one of these guys that can't help but share his opinion. And, you mm-hmm. know, for me, if it's not for you, then then great. Don't don't do it. Um, if you don't if yeah. you don't if you don't like what you see, don't look like that's that's basically exactly. what it boils down to. And it's it's totally not for everybody, and we understand that. And and there's nothing we can do to make it something for everybody. I mean, when I was an agent, I despised cold calling and door knocking to the point I didn't do it, and I didn't do either one of them because I just didn't like it. Yeah, it wasn't my style. I, I I felt uncomfortable. And if internet contacts, internet leads, whatever you want to call them, is not your style, and you don't like working them, then don't advertise with Zillow. Yeah, it's that simple. I mean, that's really what it boils down to. I, I personally, when I was an agent and a broker, and a lot of people don't know this, I never paid Zillow a dime for advertising. Right now, <laughs> I sent my listings to Zillow because I'm going to get my listing on the on the largest website, real estate website on the planet, because I'm going to get free exposure for my listing. Sure. To put my listing on Zillow, it's checking the box in the MLS, and it just shows up. Why wouldn't I do that? But my blog at the time generated more contacts than I could handle, so it didn't make sense for me to buy contacts because I had plenty of them. But I still used, I still, I still put my listings on Zillow because I don't, I don't know why you wouldn't. I think you're, I think you're, you're providing your seller a disservice if you withhold your listings from Zillow. Uh, it doesn't cost you anything to get them on there, and I think people need to get over that angst and hate, if you want to call it that, towards a company, and do the right thing for their seller and get that listing in front of, again, the largest by far real estate consumer audience that's on the internet. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. Jay, thanks again, man. We really appreciate your insight. I know our listeners do too. And uh, until we speak again, brother, we really appreciate your time. Absolutely. And you know, if you get questions from this and you need to come back on and clarify any questions or come back and talk about other stuff, happy to do it anytime. Oh, awesome. Awesome, man. So, what'd you think about that, Gabe? I mean, it's pretty much a validation of everything that you and I think, which is which is nice. <laughs> which I think we kind of, in fairness, knew it would be. We kind of loaded most of those questions and leaned into like, we're right about this, aren't we, Jay? Well, like, I mean, it's not like a hit piece or anything, right? <laughs> we're not we're not setting any trap doors. For no, but I think it's important the stuff that was touched on. Like Jay said, you know, Zillow's not in the, you know in the business to put agents out of the business. Agents aren't their competition; it's their it is their consumer. You know, it's their customer. The thing so. that I really admire about Zillow and about Jay. You know, being their, you know, con- like I said earlier, their conduit to the industry is they know they're not going to please everybody. They're not trying. Yeah. You know, if you see the value, great. If you don't, fine. Well, if you're one of our listeners, you know how we feel about this and we could go on about it forever. But we want to hear from you and we want to hear what you think of what Jay had to tell us today. Remember, you can always get in touch with us on our website at www.resourcepodcast.net. Uh, you can also find us on all of our social channels. But like we said before we went to Jay, we want to hear from you and we want to get your feedback. So make sure to find us and let us know what you think. doesn't hurt that he's got a really cool name, too. Yeah. Just saying. <laughs> it, I was almost a little confused, you know, there where we were getting started before we started recording. We're trying to talk to each other. And we're like, which Jay? Who? who <laughs> yeah, so. Folks, we really appreciate you joining in. Um, as always, we appreciate your feedback. As Gabe said, visit the website, give us feedback. And as a reminder, our full buyer's guide is up on the website for your download now. Become a qualified subscriber and get the full six-part buyer book. 
Uh, we've got something else coming in the near future. I've, I've already pretty much got it prepared for you. Uh, keep tuning in. and Just have to wait and see. There's more to come. Dum, dum, dum. That's it for today, folks. Remember, come back next time. This is Resource Real Talk about real estate.